Welcome to AHIC Talks, a podcast for the Arabian and African Hospitality Investment Conference, the annual gathering of the hospitality and investment community for the Middle East and African region. Tune in each week to hear our team at AHIC share insightful conversations with industry leaders and innovators in the hospitality and investment community. And now, let's dive into this week's episode. Well, good morning from Canada, and more precisely from my cottage on the St. Lawrence, where I suspect we will have plenty of ospreys, loons, comrades, and the lapping of water from boats interrupting our podcast. I'm Jonathan Worsley, and I'm delighted to have two individuals that are disrupting the industry through their new vehicle, Cube Ventures, on today's AHIC Talks podcast. Please welcome the hotel you're behind, Citizen M, the landmark hotel brand that is the driving force behind lifestyle innovation co-founder of Citizen M, Michael Levy, and also on our podcast, is the founder and CEO of Quo, the leading branding agency for our industry, David Keane, and both our founders, together of their latest innovation, Cube Ventures, which will be launched physically at AHIC in a few weeks' time. Welcome to you both. Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you, Jonathan. Great. Well, I'm so excited to uh, uh, learn from both of you this morning on how you are both tilting transformation in our industry. But uh, before we move on to transformation, tell me a little bit about yourself and how you ended up in the industry. David, can we kick off with you? Thanks, Jonathan. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been on the periphery of the industry for pretty much my whole career. I graduated from the hotel school at Cornell, never really wanted to work in the operationally and always felt that I had a talent for some form of creativity and worked as a travel journalist for 10 years and then created uh, Quo 25 years ago and have been actively involved both in uh, obviously in Asia where we founded Quo, in the Middle East where we will be in a couple of weeks and where we're very active and across Europe. That's great. Thank you, David. And Michael? Well, for me, uh, it all started when my parents were invited at the opening of a hotel in Amsterdam, the Sinesta Hotel, when I was uh, 11 or 12. And uh, we were allowed to come with them. It was an opening weekend. And I just fell in love with the business and actually ended up working 18 years for uh, the Sinesta Hotel Company and sort of grew up with their third generation uh, of the family that uh, owned Sinesta at that time. Got my education. Yeah, I've always been in operational management, but uh, totally fascinated with hospitality technology. And uh, my drive is really is uh, creating culture, driving value and culture in organizations so that people excel beyond their own expectation. And uh, that has been a, a very rewarding career. And uh, the last uh, 15, 16 years have been dedicated to, to creating with uh, an incredible group of people, uh, Citizen M. And uh, my part was to uh, create the hotel company. Well, what, a, what an exciting career for both of you. And um, Michael, I know you're, you're determined to give back to the industry, as you are, David, as well, to create a platform for change. Why, why do you believe the industry needs to be transformed now? Well, I, I think that um, there's so much changing around us that is affecting the industry. Uh, just think of uh, us as individuals when we're not traveling or not in hotels. Uh, technology, uh, the digital world has changed around us. 
um, the pandemic has taught us that, uh, you know, the environment is a serious thing that we really need to pay attention to. So there's a lot of things happening to our industry. And if you look at how our business uh, has been running, it has been the same business processes uh, driving our organizations for year over year. So there's very little change. It's very static. And in order to uh, keep up with the demands, I think, in the future of our guests and the changing needs that the guests have, we have to start changing our business processes. And that's not a natural thing for the hotel industry. So we need to become more sophisticated. We need to become more educated. We need to become more focused. We need more uh, specialty and specialization to, uh, to help us when it is, uh, you, you know, whether it's technology or, 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 or any other area, particular area, but we need to step up our game and these changing business processes uh, will affect transformation. And uh, to speed that up, uh, we wanna give back and really catalyze that. Um, if I can just add on to that, we see that we love all of us. I mean, all three of us, we love this business. We love the, it's a business that, that should be loved, that should be dynamic and innovative and, and full of fun and joy. And we feel, and I, I certainly feel that the hotel industry sort of paradoxically has sat apart as sort of gone down its own, gone down its own tunnel and sits isolated from all these extraordinary changes that are happening, both as Michael mentioned, in technology, but in innovation, in operational management, in retail management, in property, in, re in the real estate business. And we believe that we can inject through multiple vehicles and through startups, this innovation, this dynamism, this electricity, this desire for the brightest minds to join the industry and, and propel it into the future. Thank you, David. Uh, Michael, you, you mentioned about this change that needs to happen in our industry. Why hasn't it yet happened? And, and why have we been so slow? Well, I, I think historically our uh, industry is not one that is overly educated. And I don't mean that all belittling, but I, we have to be realistic that maybe 15 to 20% uh, of our general managers and, and C-level chain uh, leadership has bachelor's degrees. And if you go to master's degrees and a more academic level, uh, maybe that drops down to under 5%. So we have to realize that a lot of people through experience are governing uh, this industry. And uh, if you uh, basically propel forward your experience, it's sort of like driving forward and looking into your rearview mirror. That's going to stop sometimes. So I think that we have learned to borrow from other industries specializations that we simply don't have, whether it is from, you know, the technology, finance, world, development. So there's, there's, there's a crossover, of course, but uh, we ourselves need to make a quantum leap and get better educated and, and more structured in our approach to propel this industry forward. So David, if I can ask you on this whole education piece, if that's the, the foundations for transformation, how do we do that? That's a great question. I think that philosophically, the educational structure for hotel business students, people who want to join the industry, needs to be, again, a, a more intellectually rigorous uh, process. It's about business. 
I went to the hotel school in, in Grenoble because I wanted to learn about business. I don't think this focus on specialization in operations and stuff, it again, it talks to, it, it, it talks to isolation. The education process, financial rigor, teaching rigor about values, the fundamental education process, well, in some of the hotel schools, it's certainly, it's, it's certainly much more advanced. In the more traditional curricula, it remains, in my opinion, still needing to have that that spark, that initiative, the best educational institutions today are, are presenting. So we're hearing a lot about the horror stories at the moment with the opening up of the hospitality industry and the, the lack of staff, the lack of passion, perhaps, uh, to, to join our industry. Is this an example of what we need to do to offset the current crisis facing our industry in terms of employment? I believe, Jonathan, that the that we need to look at it from two different angles. And if I may separate the more operational side when we talk about in the hotels and uh, more the centralized offices that need to offer specialized knowledge. Um, and I think that uh, when we're talking about the lack of people available in the industry right now, we're talking more about you know line staff that is very difficult uh, to find at the moment. We first laid them off, obviously, because of good reasons, because the pandemic has hit our industry, like many others, but our industry extremely hard. But I don't believe that the, the values and the characters of the organizations were such that there was a very warm and fuzzy feeling for people to wait and come back. Uh, rather, they went on their own. And it was sort of like an, an end of business and everybody's back on their own. You see right now the companies that have a stronger culture are able to recover faster. They are still, of course, hit also with the shortages, but they do better. Uh, when you start to look at the centralized uh, um, uh, organizations or the, the support offices, head offices, if you wish, of organization, there it's really specialized field. And we as an industry need to understand that in order to attract talent, uh, we need to pay for it. So the pay scale is significantly higher than we were used to in our uh, industry. And when these people start joining your organization, it has an impact also on the way you meet, the way you interact, the way they drive change. And a lot of uh, people that have basically lived on their experience have a true challenge uh, keeping up with those uh, change processes. And think of most organizations in the hospitality space as being a, 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 you know, a traditional triangle or pyramid organization, uh, top down. Uh, there are very few that have inverted the pyramid and uh, you know, basically have the line staff that meets the guest uh, be end responsible and the rest of the organization supports up. But if you look at the most successful organizations right now, we need to understand that those uh, governed by holacracy. So it's more circles of uh, specific knowledge where people are being pulled in from different fractions of an organization, but that are uh, uh, self-steering. And um, it, it, it is by intent that we need to change our organizations. And I don't see that happening yet. Moving on to, to David then on this whole education piece, but looking at startup culture, David, you've been traveling a lot throughout Europe and the Middle East. 
you're probably unlikely to go back to, to Thailand for a, for a period of time. So taking advantage of this, uh, this ability to meet with people at the moment in Europe, the Middle East, but are you beginning to see a, a startup culture coming through and trying to transform our industry? I think it's in, I think in technology, there's no question. There's four or five, if not six different startups that, that we're talking to at the moment where there's, there's different types of um, technology evolving. I think that there's no question that in the, within the technology startup field, there's going to be an evolution in terms of the OTAs. I was talking to the people, I'm staying at a hotel in Cologne at the moment, and I was talking to the guys downstairs and they were saying that 60% of their total revenue, the hotel only opened a year ago, is coming from booking. I, I do believe that obviously presents its own challenges, but also presents opportunities. We think that there will be different types of operational startups. There's organizations that, that are created based on values that are uh, that understand the new generation that are, that are coming both as in terms of being employed in the industry, as well as those that will be will be customers, will be guests of hotels or resorts, are looking for something different. The smaller brands, the, the, the brands that are able to create more resonant, more uh, curated uh, identities and more curated operations, which which are generated from a startup culture, are those that we're seeing far more success with than the proliferation of the larger brands. So I think that there'll be um, more startup initiatives within human resources, or um, there'll be different organizations that are able to, to, to leverage the, uh, empl- the future employees' values and purpose. And I'm, I'm seeing already, certainly in the Middle East, and in parts of, of Asia, these are these beginning to, to, to come to life. And we must remember that, that a lot of the graduates that have come out of hotel schools in the last 12 to 24 months are finding it extremely difficult. They're one, they're incredibly bright, they're fi- and they're finding it extremely difficult to, to find um, employment. And as a consequence of that, inevitably creating their own startup. Yeah, and I, and I see the same thing too with um, AHIC. Uh, we've got this innovation, Dan, we have seven startups now who are all pitching for either seed capital or a series A. And I must say, I think it's terribly exciting time of the industry right now to, um, you know, as, as we innovate, particularly on that tech side, as you, as you were saying. Michael, t- tell us a little bit about, about the, the platform that you and David are currently creating at the moment, Cube Ventures. Sure. I, I think that um, startup culture, your question is the right one. Is there a startup qu- uh, culture? And we have seen it in, in tech land uh, that there are many uh, incubators uh, where uh, startups uh, sort of get uh, assistant in, in the incubation and the startup and maybe even part acceleration. And uh, you see that there is uh, interest from the investment community. So there's a lot of angels out there. There is relatively uh, simple financing rounds that can be accomplished. And these incubators uh, and startup uh, culture is, is, is sort of normal. Uh, in the hospitality space, we don't have that. But we do have tremendous talent. And uh, they're running into very similar type of uh, problems. So it's not so much the product or service that they need assisting with, because during that incubation time, they focus a lot on on the content and the process. But as soon as they get out of the gate and they need to start up, 
then they need to think about, okay, how do I organize myself? How do I finance myself? How do I structure myself? Where are my priorities? Um, what type of budgeting, what type of forecasting do I need to look at? And then what do uh, investors expect from me? And we see that uh, the angels and early uh, financing, whether that is private equity or people stepping in, help them, but always focus a lot on the financial side and uh, know that this takes a little bit longer uh, and is a little bit more expensive than the opportunism uh, you know, <laughs> dictates when you, when you actually start a startup. And as such, the, the ownership usually, once they are successful, uh, do not end up with uh, the majority of the organizations. And uh, you mentioned, Jonathan, it's time for us to give back. And that's what David and I want to do and bring a whole group of, of uh, people that we uh, know and respect and, and know that are in similar um, situation that have the opportunity to give back a little bit and help these startups and help them not, uh, you know, uh, opinionizing about their, their product or service, but more, how do I structure myself? How do I get out of the gate? How do I go through, through the chasm from incubation to acceleration? What happens in that startup period? And we want to do that. And Cube Ventures will uh, uh, help startups on success basis. And uh, so we will participate. And if they're success, we hope we share a little bit in that. But if not, uh, uh, we will do it uh, pro bono. And uh, the other aspect is, is that, um, you know, as they go through phases of success, hopefully, we will not hold them back. So it is on success basis. Uh, we would love to stay part of the organizations, but we can also be taken out. And that's a little bit we want to uh, infatuate, if you wish, uh, a group of people to give back very focused and concentrated and helping uh, startups and uh, do that uh, globally and uh, do that with uh, with our network. Excellent. And, and how many members do you have of Cube Ventures now? Well, Cube Ventures is, uh, you know, at AHIC uh, seeing its official uh, uh, light. So we're launching it. Uh, we have been preparing, of course, for a long time. We have an incredible group of shareholders that are all veterans in the industry uh, in, uh, in, in a variety of different uh, um, um, disciplines. And uh, they will help us, uh, you know, uh, get this uh, deal flow going. Hopefully we will get out there and reach to uh, universities, reach to various uh, associations and organizations to make it known that we're out there. We have already a, a quite a fine deal flow that is starting up. Uh, simply from our own networks. And uh, Jonathan, what is the most important, we feel that uh, the, the group of people that we normally refer or ask to help, we are sort of bringing them in a more professional way together uh, in Cube Circle. And uh, we, we want them to know each other, uh, reach out to each other, and we will facilitate that it is a large force that is ready to help these, uh, these startups. Right. So you mentioned Cube Circle. So that's really the think tank of the industry. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, we hope to bring together those people that uh, maybe know of each other, maybe uh, have, uh, you know, come across each other, but are very much laced the same way. So they're laced in a way that uh, they love to give back. They love to participate. They love to mentor. They like to assist and uh, give some of their time. 
also we ourselves from time to time need that. So if we incorporate, if we travel, if we need something particular uh, for uh, people we work with or for our own purposes, uh, we want to reach out to them. So we will facilitate that that think tank, that group of people uh, can find themselves uh, each other easily, get the information about the industry, get engaged with the right questions. And we ask them to participate and give some time. And we ask them to participate uh, with a white paper on what their achievements are, what their specialized knowledge is, so that people can uh, take advantage of that. Michael, what a wonderful initiative to embrace with leaders like yourself who are willing to give back to the industry. David, do you have anything to add? One of the things that we've created is something called Cube Conscience, Jonathan. And Cube Conscience, we believe, we've been working with um, the younger generation, um, both interns and graduates, who have contributed in an epic way, I would say, to, to both Michael and my thinking and in the development of, of, of the whole Cube concept. And this idea of a conscience is, it started with a youth board, um, the, the idea of using a youth board to, to veto or to challenge decisions. And it's evolved into a values, into a conscience. We all have our own conscience and we all make decisions based or not on that of our conscience. And sometimes we go against our conscience and make a decision accordingly. We want to create governance around, around conscience and allow our conscience, which will be made up of a variety, it'll be like a board, but a variety of eclectic thinkers, individuals, younger, older, not comprised of shareholders, who will judge whether it's a startup, who will judge whether the values of the startup that we're talking to will benefit the industry as a whole, will will fall into line in terms of diversity, in terms of democratization, in terms of their futures. We're not just about whether it's a startup or not a startup, but whether the entity that's being considered um, that for, for, for our incubation or acceleration actually kind of falls into line with the way that Michael and I have spent our careers um, thinking and valuing the individual and trying to bring a culture of, 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 of true diversity and true democratization will be our own accelerator, let's say, will, will be something that we can apply to, to, to every entity that we come into contact with and, and, and yeah, and, and, and measure them. So really looking at the, the whole value, the values of those individuals um, who are starting up uh, Correct. And, and, and providing, providing them with that mentoring and um, uh, skill set to, to go forward with their ideas. Just to, to, to elaborate a little bit, I mean, you use the word mentoring, things that I personally have found the most rewarding from um, the, the creation of Cube is the fact that every share, every person that we went to who are close friends or close network to us said yes immediately. We've had no rejections at all to join that shareholding. And they all share our values. And I think that, you know, just through multiplying through Cube Circle, whether it's 10, 15 people coming from each of the shareholders onto our horizon through Cube Circle. We believe that we can create a culture of, we can be a catalyst of transformation and we can believe we can, we can create a culture of humility and of change for the, for the industry as a whole. 
Sounds great, David. And and Michael, you were going to say something, I think. Well, yeah, I I think that uh, we're focusing a lot on uh, startups. And uh, just like in education, if you today would uh, change education in in the great institutions and they're doing a great job, uh, we need to focus on change also in the existing area. Uh, Obviously, in a startup, we can uh, offer our services uh, easier uh, on a a success basis, but sometimes uh, that is not possible. And um, within uh, Cube Ventures, we have uh, what we call Beyond Asset Management, or for short, BAM. And what uh, Beyond Asset Management uh, offers, uh, Jonathan, is actually the same services as we would offer to a startup but now to an existing company and the asset management usually is focused only on financial KPIs and where we feel that the industry needs to grow, uh, needs assistance and guidance is in uh, a lot of other KPIs that uh, show the health of an organization and the potential of an organization. Uh, Think of uh, guest and employee satisfaction, uh, uh, think of uh, your your digital strategies, uh, think of your brand acceptance, uh, think of your uh, management teams, the functionality, their processes, as we mentioned, values, characters, uh, are we carrying out the purpose of, uh, of the organizations we work for? And uh, so beyond asset management, over a longer period of time, so it's not a consulting where we just go in quickly and do some things. No, this is really over a longer period of time. If you want us to be part of organizations to bring those other KPIs beyond the uh, financial to life and highlight them, guide them, uh, assist in the organization's health uh, when it focuses there, uh, we are capable of uh, of assisting as well. And that is more of a long-term fee structure. I'm sure there's a, a captive audience for that as well, Michael, because it's a, a complicated world out there now, isn't it? With diversity, with ESG requirements, uh, sustainability. Um, it's more than just financial uh, return on investment nowadays. So, um, uh, an interesting yeah, and I think that that's where also, uh, you know, the, the, opportunity to assist with conscience. And it, it is, it, again, it is not from a position of arrogance, but of a position that we know of need, that if you have a clear conscience, we, we used to call it the core guiding principles of an organization, especially as we go through pandemics and, and are being tested so much economically with our organizations, we need to stand tall. We need to know what, what our purpose is and we need to make sure that everybody's aligned. And the, the broader KPIs are a necessity to understand and whether that is at the startup phase or whether that is in a running organization, um, it's good that this group of, of individuals in Cube Circle, the think tank, uh, like you mentioned, Jonathan, is ready and willing to participate and help. And um, uh, that is our focus with uh, Cube Venture. I must say it's all very exciting. But uh, when we started this conversation, we said, let's keep it to 15 minutes. I think we're, we're way beyond that now. And uh, I just want to thank you both and, and look forward 
to hearing and continuing this discussion at AHIC, where you both will be speaking on a panel on how do we foster transformation and change in hospitality with Marlos Kippenberg, the CEO of Curtin Hospitality, who's going to be hosting that session. But David, Michael, thank you so much for joining the AHIC Talks podcast. Look forward to seeing you very, very soon. I'm so excited about seeing everybody at AHIC shortly, and, uh, and especially the two of you. Thank you so much, Jonathan. Thank you, Jonathan. Thanks for listening to AHIC Talks, a podcast for the Arabian and African Hospitality Investment Conference. For a full transcript of this conversation, along with other reports and insights, visit ahic.com. We look forward to welcoming you and your colleagues live and in person at AHIC in Dubai from the 20th through 22nd of September, 2021. Register and purchase your pass today at ahic.com and save on the early bird rate. For any questions, email us at hello at ahic.com. Until next week, stay safe and keep well.